We've been in the book of Ephesians the last several, several weeks. We're in the sixth chapter, coming and starting up. So if you missed a few, I can uh, maybe review a little bit last week's, get us up to our, get our thinking going. And uh, we're going to title this, uh, Be Strong in the Lord. Oh, I like that verse there. That was. Uh... How many want to live a long time? Okay. You know, how many know what's coming? That verse that was just up there? Children, obey your parents. All right? Honor your father and mother. Verse 3, that it may be well with you. And then you may live long on the earth. It's all about taking God at his word. Well, we got off the fifth chapter. We kind of, well, we kind of hurried through the part about husbands and wives. It all has to do with a comparison that Paul is making husbands and wives as Jesus loved the church. Jesus gave up his life for the church. So husbands are to love their wives as Jesus gave up his life for the church. Wives are to obey their husbands as to the Lord. Thank you, Chet. I'm going to say that again. Wives, obey your husbands or respect your husbands as to the Lord. Amen. We're not going to get all hyped up and once, once way slanted here. It works both ways. One cannot be a dictator. Husband can't be dictating. That don't work. Husbands need to earn. Oh boy, I see some nods there. The women, yeah, yeah, earn. Earn the respect. If the husband is loving God, it will help him be a better husband. If a husband does not know God, and a wife knows God, it's hard for the wife to be patient. It's harder. It's not impossible, but it's harder. If you're in a situation like that, my encouragement to you is to pray for that husband in private. Don't go praying, you know, yeah, you know, don't make them feel like you're preaching to them. Love them, respect, and invest with the best, with the help of the Lord, to try to win them. Just so that they can see. There's a lot of controversy and conflict, oftentimes in marriages. 
because sometimes value systems are not the same. Now, when I say value system, is honesty a value? It should be. Is uh, being uh, fair, being uh, standing up for each other is a value? Protecting each other should be a value? Uh, spending quality time together. My wife and I are planning a day together next week. Boy, that's a, that's a long time coming. That we're planning Tuesday together. She set it up. I went along with her. And uh, we got to have a day together now and then. But what happens, we get so busy, we get so involved with life. Life can swallow us up, right? And we just, and especially if you're have a tendency to, guys have more tendency to make their work, that's their thing, that's it, they're driven, oftentimes that's a, that's a hard place to be. And so we have to guard our, our time with our loved ones, they're precious, our loved ones only get for a few years. So this next, next part of the chapter five, it goes right, right in after they talk about husbands and wives, he talks about children, he's talking about family. If we want to have the best for our children, we've, we've got to be there for them. And I know many of you have children yet, and some of you have children that are grown, but now you maybe have grandkids that you see from time to time, and it's kind of nice. But not all the time, but you just need enough, right? To see how they're doing and interact with, get to know them, they get to know you. And so it's a good thing. Family is important to God. Family is what God created. The institution, the, 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 the unity, the love, the, the, the bond, the, the whole thing. Nothing more important than family. And so I get a call this week from a friend from Palisade where I used to pastor. This friend was not in my church, but he attended my church. He was, in a, he, was in a, he was a member of another church, but he'd like to come over to hear me after he was in his church. And we just became buddies. And... Uh, this is just to, to show you how uncertain life is. He calls me. I say, how are you doing, Donnie? He says, terrible. What's up? My son Todd died. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry. It's just like he's in his 50s. Heart attack. What's going on? And so life can be so, he'll never be the same. His life is turned upside down. It's, it's all you got now is your memories. One of the things that he said, the last few months they had some time, they were building a log cabin together. You know, his son, I know he had some challenges. But let's take every day. Let's make the most of every opportunity. That's what Paul was talking earlier in his book. Making most of the time that we have, for the days are evil. Time can be very short. Life can just end. Life can quickly change. So having saying, saying that those things, now we're moving on. He goes from the marriage, he goes to the kids, now he goes to the workplace. In the sixth chapter, he talks about slaves, verse 5, being, being uh, obedient, slaves be obedient to those. Now we wouldn't say slaves, we would say employees, Right? We say, employees, be, be servants to your, to your employer. 
Now, some of us are self-employed. How many are self-employed? There's a few. That's kind of nice in some ways. In some ways, it's, you're not always self-employed because you've got people, right? Those who are self-employed still have people that are counting on them. So in a way, you're not necessarily, it's not all what it may seem to be. But this whole next few verses has to do with what is our attitude? We have, all, we have an employer, we have an employee, we have slaves or masters. There's, there's both people have a responsibility to do their job. In verse 6, it says this, not by way of eye service as men pleases, but as slaves of Christ. What is he saying? In other words, our work is really to be done as unto the Lord. We're not just there to please man. How many know that when you just try to please man, you come up short? They're never quite good enough. There's always a little, you know, just a little more, a little, you know, tweak this. Jesus is really in whom we are going to give account to. So this goes to the workplace. The gospel is meant to go with you into the workplace. I believe that your workplace can be better because of Jesus in you. How many agree with that? I believe that you can bless the business because the Lord is in you. And you can be like a Joseph who he was sold in or forced and sold into slavery. He blessed the house, the household, where he was shipped off to because of his attitude. Toward his Lord. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 to 24. One of my favorite verses, whatsoever your hand, or do your work heartily. There you go. Whatever you do, do your work heartily. As for the Lord rather than for men. This has to do with the mundane things. The ordinary things. Does Jesus care about the ordinary things? Uh-huh. When it doesn't seem very important, but it is very important, to do the things that are regular. Washing dishes is one of those jobs. Washing clothes, keeping up with the household. Well, it's just going to get dirty again anyway. Well, then why, you know. I remember as a kid thinking that. Mother, why are we going to keep, it's just going to get dirty in it anyway. That don't fly at home. That don't fly with mom. You shake the rug, you sweep the floor. I had jobs, I had chores. Then did it too. We all had our thing. Now, I mean, I had the dust. I hated dusting. What's the point of it all? They didn't like doing dishes back then. I didn't like being in the house, period. I wanted to be outside. I'd rather go with Dad out to the mink ranch and do the farm and be in the woods. And, but I said, this is just past, things in the past. But we learn as we go, you know what? 
It's the Lord whom you serve. What is my attitude about the littlest things? No one really gives, there's no glory in it. Scrubbing the bathroom, fix, fixing things up, tidying up, there's no glory in that to me. But as we do it unto the Lord, we'll, with verse 7, with good will render service as to the Lord and not to men. I'll guarantee you, you will never be out of a job with that kind of an attitude. Even though it may not be paying that much as much as you like, it's still whatever the Lord's called you to do or be, whatever he's given you, wherever he's called you to to work and have your being and have your living. The workplace is full of people that are hurting, that are bound by, by all kinds of addiction, by, they're struggling with their marriages, they're struggling with life, period. And believers need to come alongside in the workplace and have encouragement and bring a, bring a good note to the place. Can we make things better? Yes, because of Jesus in us. I had a friend who had a business. He was a believer, a strong follower of Jesus. He was a quiet man, but he was a solid man. He was solid in his faith. He wasn't one to, you know, be loud. He, when he spoke, it meant something. And he would tell me at time to time, he had had several men that would come to him and, can I just talk with you for a moment? He was just doing his job. He was just in the workplace. But because of his attitude and because of his demeanor, because of his stability, men that were having trouble with their marriages, he said they would come to him and start to pour out their heart and ask him, what should I do? Hello? It's about being... In Christ. It's about being who he's called us to be in the workplace. Other of us may never know that you're affecting, you're encouraging someone because just because you care, just because you showed up, just because you're there on time, just because you're 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 willing to listen to their story. And so this whole next set of verses has he says, finally. Verse 10, he says, finally, what is he, everybody's going, finally, he's getting through, and finally, it's what he's saying, this is the clincher, these are the, this is like, this is the punchline, and he says, finally, be strong in the Lord, and this is where we get our title, today, being strong in the Lord, the emphasis here is not just being strong, but being strong in the Lord, there's a difference, the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my shield. With the Lord, Philippians says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Where is our strength? Our strength needs to be in the Lord. When David, young man, was... Just minding his own business, and his father asked him to go check on his brothers that were at war with the Philistines in the David and Goliath story, remember? David was just observing what was going on. And David had already 
had a relationship with his Lord, and he had already protected the sheep by killing a bear and killing a lion, and now he sees this Goliath taunting and challenging. Give me a man that will fight me. Who will, who's brave enough to come out here? And he got David's spirit working. And I draw from 1 Samuel 17, verse 45. And David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. There's the difference. There's the key to David's courage and his strength. You come to me with a javelin, a spear, a sword. Now David was no, uh, Goliath was no small person, remember? He was nine foot, nine inches tall. The spear weighed 20 pounds, javelin. You know, these were heavy. This, is, this guy is what we would say today. He was a beast. And David is maybe about the height of Nathan. Sorry, Nathan. <laughs> I love Nathan. He's my buddy. And David's like, all right, come on. And they tried to give David the armor that, you know, David's like, I can't do this. This is not going to work. Throws that aside. Takes five smooth stones. Now, why did he take five smooth stones? I don't know if this is biblical, but I heard once a preacher say this. Take it for what it's worth. Goliath had brothers. I don't know if that, that, that just opinion. He did have brothers. What was David thinking? I kind of, my own self thinks, now yeah, he just wanted to be prepared. If it takes five stones, it takes five stones, but he only took one stone. He only took one stone. And then he fired that stone, and he was an expert. And he landed that stone, and he had, you know, Goliath had a helmet on. So it had to hit where it was not a shield. It was probably about right where the temple is in this area. And the guy goes, <laughs> David finishes him off with his own sword. I bring that story up because there's a lot of truth. Every one of us sometimes faces face a Goliath, a giant. You're facing Goliaths that are taunting you. You know what that spirit comes from, that taunting spirit? You know where that comes from? Satan. Satan wants to destroy you. He wants to discourage us. He wants us to put us, get us in the fear he wants to keep us from saying anything. He wants us to, to just run away from the situation. But the Lord of hosts, as he is with us, the Lord is my strength. David put his confidence in the Lord his God. Remember what James told us in the book of James, chapter 4, verse 7? Submit therefore to God. That's what David was doing. He was 
trusting in the Lord his God. He was putting his faith, his strength, his ability was in the Lord his God. And resist the devil. When we submit to God, we resist the devil. Guess what? The devil runs. He flees. He runs. The devil really is a coward. The devil is no match for Jesus. Jesus gives us the power to overcome. You can put that verse back up in Revelation. John penned these words as he foresaw the future. But those who will stay true to the Lord, even though it may cost them their life, even though they may face death, they didn't love their life even to the point of death, and they overcame him. They overcame Satan. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And because of the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life, they were not their own. They did not, they were not afraid to stand up for the faith, even if it cost their lives. That's what he's talking about. And so today we have also been given this wonderful strength that comes from the Lord, but we need to draw from it. We need to draw from it. I like it into a battery. You guys are mechanics, some of you. You know exactly if the battery's low, that zip, zip, zip. Uh-oh. And I've had a little car that I think is kind of that way. It don't do anything because something's drawing the battery. It's drawing the, the life out of the battery. So I disconnect the negative. I carry a little wrench. I get by, and then if we allow bitterness, it'll draw our batteries down, right? If we allow uh, things to hurt us, we need the help of the Lord to get healing. We allow what people said hurt us, hurts us. Sometimes people don't even know they've hurt you. It happens. There are things we need to communicate. There are many things that can draw the life out of our relationship and get us weighted down. Thinking how we're going to figure things out is even wearisome. Thinking how I'm going to fix the problem rather than, okay, Lord, how are we going to fix the problem? So I come home from work, I'm tired. This happened on Thursday, Thursday evening. My good friend who helps my son in the wood business, to use the bobcat to load the wood. I drive in, it's dark. What in the world, I went to myself. What happened? There's a piece of rebar wound around the sprocket on the bobcat and sticking out two feet over here. Oh my goodness. Stuff. Why? It's like, what did he do? 
He didn't intentionally do it, but it was my own fault. I left the rebar in the dirt. He backed into it. I'm sure what happened, the track that caught it pulls it in and wraps it around the inside of the sprock. Guess what I got to do? Take the, take the whole belt, pull the whole track off. Eh, it's not the end of the world, but I really don't need any more work right now. <laughs> you, you've had those moments, right? Where do we get our strength from? Well, I, I, I admit I wasn't very happy. I went to bed kind of mm, moody. And to top it off, I get up to go to breakfast with the guys. Happy day. I look to what? I go, what? Three rows of wood tips over sometime in the night. <laughs> Whatever. I stacked them. I didn't do it right. The law of gravity won. Right? The wood was on boards, and wood was under the boards. So, yeah, a little tippy, and it was a domino effect. Didn't really need that to happen, but I'm saying this to just say this. Life can be crazy. Life has its moments. And have any of you farmed? Have you ever had a farm, or you grew up in a farm, or you've been around equipment? Any moving part in time will break down. Right? Just a matter of not if it will, when it will. And so we do all we can to maintain, and it's just like our relationship with our family. And so I already said, Carrie, we're, we're going on a day, uh, Tuesday, that's our day. And so you can't, you can't, you can fix tools, you can fix breakdowns, but oftentimes people's hearts are harder, much harder. People's emotions are much harder to fix. That takes and love, and nourishment, and communication, and reassuring. And that's why Paul is talking about husbands and wives. That's why he's talking about children honoring their parents. It'll be the best way to live. You'll end up being rewarded. But that's not the main reason we should honor our parents. We should honor them because it is the right thing to do because God said it is. So now when we get into this first point with being strong in the Lord, we get into this whole spiritual. Second point is the Lord gives authority. How many like authority? How many like to be the authority? How many like to be the This is more than just being in control. It's not necessarily about being in control. It's taking what's coming against you to the feet of Jesus 
and is taking authority over you in the name of Jesus. He has given you the authority in his name to live and to defeat and to be victorious in your life. He is giving us, us because of the blood that he shed for us we have the authority because the blood of the Lamb pays the price of the penalty because of sin. There's death, but the authority of Jesus conquers death. And the authority of Jesus can salvage and reconcile and redeem the time. Even before we were saved, even before we followed Jesus, we may have messed up over and over again, but the Lord comes into our heart when we ask him and he can redeem our time, redeem, pay, make up for the things. You can't go back. And so therefore, what he's saying is you go forward. I'm going to be with you now on. You learn from your past, but we don't live in our past. We don't continually. The enemy wants to take what you messed up with in your past and begin to haunt you and taunt you and remind you that, oh, look at you. Yeah? And we need to say, wait a minute. I have denounced the old life I've chosen. I have stepped onto the right line on the other side of the line. I have left the old. I am making a stand for Jesus like Joshua said, choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, I will serve or we will serve the Lord. Those kind of leaders, those kinds of men and women will bring the blessing of the Lord into the house. Be strong in the Lord. Put on the full armor of God. You can't go out into this battle without armor. Now what's the armor look like? Well, you read the whole next verse of verse. You get this imagery of the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of, you know, of righteousness, the shield of the faith, and the feet, the, shod, the preparation of the gospel, the, uh, the sword of the spirit, the word of God. We have, we have, we have it all. And if you can't remember what they all are, you just say, "Jesus, you are my armor. You have all the pieces, and I'm looking to you, Lord. I, I can't go into this day without your armor." You see, the fiery darts of the enemy are coming. The missiles, the fiery darts, accusations. And then you wonder sometimes in even circumstances, did the devil cause that to happen? And I don't want to get into all that, you know, and I don't believe there's a devil behind every tree, and I, I don't get into that. I just said, is that, is this, is this, you feel in your sense that there's an opposition, you just pray in Jesus' name, you take authority over. Bind the enemy in Jesus' name. 
bind the enemy. You know what men need to be doing for their kids is praying a protection over them, men especially. And women can do it, moms can do it too. But yeah, I just if you if you are the the main parent, whoever you are, just just plead the blood of Jesus. Just say, Lord, protect these kids as they go to school, wherever they're at in the workplace, whatever they may be facing. Let your hand be stayed upon them and protect them, because Paul is describing what is going on in the spiritual realm as something we cannot necessarily see, but we may feel and sense that there are there are. There are, the struggle is not in the flesh and blood. In verse 12, he says, but against the, the rulers, against the powers. Back up to verse 12. There it is. The struggle is not against flesh. We're not necessarily fighting man. It's a spiritual battle. And a force. I, I don't know about you, but have you ever been driving along and certain, maybe you're on vacation, maybe it was, maybe you just go, you just feel, you feel oppression? What do you mean, Pastor? You feel a downness, like a heaviness? I believe there are territories that the enemy has, strongholds. He has got his claws sunk into in territories and households and territories and people's lives. And we need to armor. I remember Carrie and I, we were vacationing. We, we went to a motel. And we said, wow, it just feels heavy here. We actually ended up going somewhere else. We felt this heaviness, like this weirdness. And I'm not saying I'm all yeebie-jeebie. I think it's a common sense. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's something that's practical, tangible. You know what? Many people are the victims of Satan. They're held captive to do his will. You know what you need? You and I we need to be doing. We need to be interceding. Lord, I pray for that person who work who I work with. I pray for that person who has a foul mouth. I'm going to pray that he's, God's going to get a hold of him. The pastor who I grew up under, he used to go, when he drove through the neighborhood, he'd pray for houses. He knew their names. He'd pray over the homes. You hear a ministry that started because they took a prayer walk around whole entire blocks in their community, and they claimed it for Jesus. They prayed for weeks before they ever entered and knocked on a door, that they would be receptive. You see, strongholds need to be broken. I believe there's still strongholds in this community. We've, we've felt them before. Even though it may look good, and we, we think we got it all together, nothing's going on, there's a lot of stuff going on in the spirit. And so let's not be ignorant. As Paul said, let's not be ignorant of his schemes. And guess what? He's a schemer. But they overcame him with the authority. Last point, be on alert. No one goes into battle with their head down. Right? You don't go into battle like this. I remember when I boxed with my brother Lenny, when he, I would get, be, be getting pounded because my head was down. 
we go like a rotor tailor, just, uh, just anything that we could get, get, get to them, you know. <laughs> it was comical. I wish I could watch myself now. But it was just brutal. We've got to go into the battle with their heart filled in us. Look people in the eye. Just with love. You know, I think that the enemy can sense Jesus in you and doesn't like it. It happened in the book of Acts. Remember when Paul was praying with the ladies by the river? I think he had a prayer meeting, and there was this one person, and it was a kept kind of screeching at him. Annoying. He finally took authority over it. And rebuked it. That's the stuff that's going on. In your family, over your home, pray this prayer. Lord, dwell in our home, in our house. Dwell in this place. Every quarter, fill it with your power. You know, here's the key. Put on praise and worship songs in your home. Put on praise and worship in your car. Create an atmosphere of praise. Praise him yourself when you're alone because this encharges, this enhances the presence of God and the enemies doesn't like it. It drives them out. Authority. When you walk unfamiliar, when you walk into an unfamiliar place, sometimes you can sense there's something weird or something. Listen to what what the Spirit is saying. Being alert is not yawning and you know, I'll tell you what. When the disciples were with Jesus, when he was praying and his heart was broken and his body was agonizing in the Garden of Gethsemane. He needed his disciples to be praying with him. You remember the story. But their flesh gave in. And this is so, so like, I can see myself doing the same thing. I'm tired. I can't keep my attention, Lord. Oh, that's not being alert, is it? If the enemy will try to do anything, he will try to lull the church into a slumber. We're just casual. We're not intentional. We just want to have it easy. Paul is saying, you've got to fight this thing. You've got to take authority over it. You have the authority. You've got to rise up the Spirit of God. Something rose up in the spirit of David. It was the spirit of God. And said, Goliath, you're going down. Don't you dare taunt the people of God. Don't you dare touch my brothers. Don't you dare lay a hand on my children. 
in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of the Lamb. They are yours, Lord. I have dedicated my kids to the Lord, and they're going to make it. Because God is on the throne. God is greater. And the prophet who, who had a servant, he couldn't see what the prophet was going to say. Look, open his eyes. When they were surrounded in the city, maybe in the Old Testament, with Elijah, Elisha, get them mixed up. Anyway, there are more of us. There are more of us than them. A third of the angels fell with Satan, but two-thirds are still there. There are warring angels. There are protecting angels. There are angels that give voice, to give announcements, right? There are warring angels like Michael. There are announcing angels like Gabriel. And there are just angels that show up when we're doing stuff that could hurt us or kill us. Not always, I'm not saying every time, but I'm saying there is God. Is God who he is? Yes. And so with being alert, being aware of what the situation is, being aware that things could happen, things could... The enemy, first thing we pray when we go to the... Go to evangelize in a place, or and you, I remember when we went to uh, Belize and other places. It was important that we prayed for a season over the land, over the communities, over the peoples. If we're going to have an outreach event, it's important that we pray that God will intervene and give favor. Why? Because the enemy has his claws stuck in, hunk, hunkering and keeping hold of people from ever wanting to enter into any relationship with Jesus. So we're alert. Paul said, be, be able to take these, this armor on. He said, with all prayer, verse 18, in the last part of that chapter 6, verse 8, be alert, be alert, be alert, with all perseverance. Be alert. And petition for all the saints. I love this portion because Guess who we need to be praying for? It isn't a guess. It's right there for all the saints. When Paul was in his prison, he was concerned about the saints, the believers, that they would not become deceived by false teachers. Right now, we've heard it over and over again. We're losing over 80% of our young people who go to secular colleges lose their faith because of the unbelief. Because of the things they're hearing. They're convinced, oh, I guess there isn't any God. I guess it was just a, it just happened. It just wrenches my heart. Paul said to Timothy, remember the things you learned. I know it's in you because of your mother and your grandmother. There are kids right now that are maybe doing whatever. You need to pray, God, help them to remember who they are, what you call them to be. The world is getting crazier and crazier and crazier. We've got to fight this thing. Not in flesh, 
escape. I can only be as strong as I take time to dwell at his feet. I can only be as strong as when I take up the word of God as a sword and slice through cords that are trying to strangle me. I can only be protected when I raise the shield of faith and just stand. Much of our, much of our warfare is that very word, stand. Stand. And I see it like this, standing with the shield of the Spirit conquering the enemy's voices cutting down those things and keeping us fear is so huge fear fear of what man thinks of us it's his church it's coming back for I want to pray today for for our families, children and great grandchildren, great grandchildren. Would you stand? When you have kids, some of some of the kids are in the back. That's okay. We just want to. I just want the blessing of God on your family. I want your kids and their kids to make it, to have faith. And Lord, so we pray and we're looking to you. You are the builder, you are the maker, you are the one. Help us as parents or grandparents to be an example that will encourage our children on. Lord, the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. He's, he's, he's deturing our, our young people. But we're praying right now that you'll turn that tide. There will be many, many others that will stand and firm and bring others that are struggling alongside to run that race. I pray that there will be victory in the camp, that there will be evidence that you are at work and you are doing a job beyond us, Jesus. Commit our kids to you. We only have them for a season. They enter the world. We pray that they will have faith, that you'll give them the wisdom and armor, Jesus. Lord, help us to be the church in this community. Help us to go to the workplace. Even tomorrow, as we, wherever, wherever, whatever the schedule is, help us to be mindful that you are with us in the workplace. I pray for good things to happen. Help us to be like a Joseph to a foreign place and blessed it. And you make good things happen. 
Lord, I pray for people that are struggling with their health and there were things that just weigh on them. I pray that you'll lift those things, bring healing. So we commit now this day, grant your favor, your covering, your absolute sovereign hand. And we will know that God is with us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.